Welcome to Holistic Accountant Podcast, where we aim to showcase how adopting a holistic approach in accounting and tax maximizes value for clients. Beyond traditional tasks like preparing financial statements and tax returns, a holistic accountant focuses on offering advice that maximizes personal wealth on an after-tax basis. If you enjoy this episode, please consider leaving a rating and sharing it with those who might also benefit. And to ensure you stay updated, subscribe to our weekly email. The link is in the show notes. Okay, today Mina and I would like to talk about doing a subdivision and some of the tricks and traps associated with doing that. Of course, we've got a lot of experience with clients doing subdivisions, but there's, you know, it's what you don't know that will sort of trip you up. And so we thought we would record this episode to share some of the some of those things. So Mina, let's talk about revenue and capital accounts. Revenue account is when you're basically going to do a development to sell. So you're not going to retain the homes after the development for any sort of rental passive income. Their whole idea is for you to basically get rid of them as soon as feasible. On revenue account, that means you can claim all the GST along the way. So you can claim the GST on the purchase costs, your planning costs and so forth. But keep in mind, you also need to remit GST on the, on the sale. Sometimes you can use the margin scheme in that regard. But whereas capital account means you're actually holding it for investment. So you're basically developing the property to hold it for sort of your passive rental income. When you do that, you can't claim any GST along the way, but you can claim the 50% capital gains discount when you come to sell it in 5, 10 years' time. So what determines whether it's going to be on revenue or capital accounts? It's your intent from the start, really. So it's really important to try to establish what you want to do with the investment from the onset. So like I said, if you're going to basically intend to sell a lot of the development after it's completed, then you're on revenue account. If your intent is basically to keep it for rent, then you're on capital account. Yeah. And what's better from a taxation perspective? Obviously, claiming the GST input credits and so forth is one thing. But, you know, as you said, the other side is that you've got to then remit 10% of your purchase price as sale price, I should say, as GST. From a taxation perspective, is it better for me to argue I'm on revenue or capital account? Unfortunately, it's not a one-size-fits-all. I think you've got to take every development in its own regard to work out whether it's better to go on revenue or capital account. There's a few considerations when it comes to that. So, for example, are you applying the margin scheme or are you going to have to remit GST on the full amount? The other consideration is, is there a large profit margin in the development? Because if so, sometimes it's better to go on capital account But the other side of the coin is the fact that you have to hold them for five years and sometimes when you're holding a townhouse that's newly built, it's not as shiny when you come to sell it, so you lose some of that capital value. So it's not a one-size-fits-all sort of answer, unfortunately, but you sort of got to try to establish your intent from the onset, try to think of where these properties' values will lie after the development's completed and in five years' time should you want to hold them for passive rental income. Yeah, fair enough. And I mean, you've mentioned margin scheme a couple of times. Maybe you can explain what the margin scheme is. So the margin scheme allows you to basically not remit 10% on the full sale price of the homes when they're completed. So basically it allows you to offset the land component against your sale price when determining your GST that's payable. So for example, if you sell a townhome for a million dollars and the land component on that townhome when you came to purchase it was only 200000 you're only paying GST on the 800000 You're not paying GST on the full $1 million. 
Yeah. Okay. And you talk about the five-year rule. How does that work? So a five-year rule, basically, if, if you're holding a property for five years, you haven't claimed any GST along the way, then after five years, you're allowed to claim the 50% CGT discount. Yeah. That's if you've claimed the GST. You haven't claimed the GST. You haven't claimed the GST. Okay, great. And uh, sometimes people can get in trouble through potentially triggering double the stamp duty. So obviously that's something we don't want to do. So (laughs) what happens there? It's very common for purchasers to sign and or nominee in Victoria. I know in uh, Queensland you've got to sign the actual purchaser's name and in WA I believe is is the same. But in Victoria or New South Wales, if you're signing and or nominee, before you start any planning process and technically before you actually have any intent to develop the property, it's important that you nominate the purchaser before you actually prepare any plans before you submit to council, you nominate your entity. Now, it's very common that, for example, development sites, you can get a longer settlement, so it's common to sign and or nominee. So before you, you, it's not before the settlement date, it's before you actually develop the intention to develop the property that you have to nominate. Great. And what about if we're going to do a development with another party through like a partnership or joint venture or something like that? How how do you go about sort of structuring those arrangements? Yeah, look, dual occupancies are usually, um, you know, it's common to do what we call partition agreements. So for example, you might have a block um, that uh, you might want to subdivide, you know, we often see it where parents are, are in one unit and the children in another unit, you know, just to sort of reduce the whole entry cost and you're splitting the development costs between you guys. So it's important to do what we call a partition agreement so that what that allows you to do is at the end of the development, it allows you to split the titles to each respective party without actually paying any stamp duty. Fantastic. So obviously this demonstrates that there's a a number of considerations to take into account. And so if if you're thinking about doing a subdivision, really important to have that conversation with your holistic accountant before you actually enter into that transaction to make sure that you can structure it in a way that's going to be beneficial for you, whilst also making sure that you understand, you know, the taxation consequences of doing that. Okay, that's it for us for this week. Until next week, bye for now.